in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Really? Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. Stop. All right. Nothing could be further from the truth, right? Very optimistic, very hopeful, right? I'm from the South, but, uh, you know, uh, I became governor. I Everybody loves me. Now, the race card. I knew it was coming sooner or later, and here it is. And it's pretty freaking ugly. And I do believe she's lying. But let's hear that race card in its naked, raw form. We were the only Indian family in our small southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it, can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep south as a brown girl. All right, stop. So I went to her autobiography, and it didn't happen every day. It just, it didn't, by your own definition, you know what I mean? It happened sometimes. Kids get get picked on for all kinds of things, all kinds of things. I'm sorry that happened, but it's also known as life. And I'm sorry, but to go, this is why she's not going to go to South Carolina. Everybody in the establishment down there, and I'm talking about the good establishment, the state and local establishment, right? The governor, uh, Tim Scott, Lindsey Graham, I don't know about that guy, Nancy Mace, I don't know about her. But uh, the people who know her best are not endorsing her. And now she's got to worry about the people. He just branded us a bunch of racists. Well, even, uh, even in her own autobiography, it really wasn't like that. Every day... I was teased because I was brown. No, it's not. I got your silly book here. And very arrogant. You know what she talks about most, more than getting teased? She talks about how she was gifted and talented. And she was bored in class because she was so smart. She's not that smart. <laughs> she's not. She's pretty She's pretty ordinary, actually. Anyway, and Trump is, Trump is not going to be stopped by her. A very conventional career politician who is excited and delighted to make deals with the swamp and the deep state and uh, woke corporate America. So she's not going to last. And I cannot stand the whole exaggeration about what she did at the United Nations. All right. She got a couple of glamour picks holding up her hand. Uh, the entire agenda is set by the State Department and the Secretary of State. You get absolutely no wiggle room. So the job is just a feather in her cap. That's it. But uh, we just plucked that feather out, okay, because we know what really happened there. Um, all right, so there's that going on. What else? Hey, I discovered the Fountain of Youth, actually. I think this swimming thing that I'm doing, you know, there happens to be a pool in my building. I don't want to, yeah. But I tried, I remembered, I tried this once in the Marine Corps because I hated running. I lived in Arizona. It was so hot down there. It was like a hundred plus degrees every day. So I got into the habit for about a month of swimming. And, uh, there was an indoor pool at the YMCA and it was awesome. It was awesome. And, uh, I can't remember why I stopped. 
We got sent somewhere. I don't know. I got lazy. I got a girlfriend. I don't know what happened, but I stopped swimming. Now I'm swimming. I feel better in every sense. I feel lighter. I feel like my head is clear. You know, you can't listen to the radio when you're swimming. You can't tweet when you're swimming. Um, and there's something about it. And also it's great exercise. You know, you're pushing against the, uh, the water. It's just a, it's the, uh, some people call it the perfect exercise. I don't know about that. Hey, Nancy Mace is a very good looking congresswoman who talks a little bit too much about her boyfriend, uh, that she <laughs> hooks up with apparently every morning. That's their thing, if you know what I mean. Morning sex. She bragged about it at the prayer breakfast. Okay. Um, but, and she's, she's not keen on Trump, but she came around. Cut nine, please. I've been listening to voters for months and weeks now, and he's getting stronger and stronger. People want the primary to be over, and they want us to move forward because there's a lot at stake for our children and for our nation, even for our allies around the world. Our country and our world is less safe because we have a weak president in the White House, and we had a stronger economy under Trump. Everything was better under Trump by every measurement, every barometer. I love this. I love the coalescing and the acknowledgement. The data says that Trump can beat Biden. He can beat him decisively. Now, there's this guy, Dean Phillips, the congressman from Minnesota. He's a Democrat. And he said, you know what? Screw it. If my party is full of a bunch of people who put the party over the country, I put the country over party. Joe Biden stinks and nobody else is going to run against him. So I'm going to run against him. And he's running against him. He's actually on the ballot in New Hampshire. And he's got the fire. He's got the fight. Dean Phillips, he's a crazy, woke uh, lunatic. But I respect what he's doing here. And who knows? Maybe he could wind up being the nominee. Listen to this as these reporters are asking him about trivial stuff and just the gotcha questions. And, and here he goes. Most of the people in the country are going to the Trump rally right now because he's listening to them. No one's asking about this stuff. I'm just frustrated. I'm getting tired of it. You're doing your jobs, but you're not asking the questions that Americans give a about. Now listen to the reporters, the anchors. Fired up. Yeah, Congressman Dean Phillips, one of the few Democrats hoping to derail President Biden's re-election campaign in the name of defeating Donald Trump to say he is facing an uphill battle is an understatement. Indeed. They're like a little bit President stunned by what he just said. We don't... They don't give a S-H-I, you know what, about what you guys care about, the political press. And it was awesome to hear him and see him put it right to him. That happens. The press has been terrible for a long time, but never as terrible. You want to hear Richard Nixon back in the day? This is Richard Nixon. Actually, he's ex-President Nixon at this point. Looks like it's from maybe 1989, 1990. He died in 1994. I almost got to meet him, actually. It was all set up. I can't remember what happened, but I, I, I couldn't be there. So um, it's not like I left them hanging. I mean, it was canceled like two days before. I think I had to go to the Marine Corps, actually. It had something to do with the Marines. But here he is talking about uh, the media. Richard M. Nixon, 37th president of the United States. When we think of the media in this country, the problem is uh, that they have a sense of self-righteousness. Uh, a double standard on issue after issue after issue. They can find everything wrong with somebody else, but they will not look inside and ever admit that they could be wrong themselves. And what was involved here in the Watergate thing was the unfairness of it. Oh, there was a legitimate thing to investigate, but they refused to balance it. Uh, They allowed their advocacy to get ahead of their reporting, which is their job to do. 
You know, the media is always talking about uh, the imperial presidency, the power of the imperial presidency. I think we ought to hear a little bit of discussion of the imperial media and its power. You see, presidential power is limited, limited by the courts, limited by the Congress. The media's power is unlimited. Isn't that interesting? But again, we're not going to call them the uh, imperial media. We're going to call them the fake news. Okay, that's what we go with. with Imperial media, they like that too much. Richard Nixon, how about that guy? You know, he went from congressman to U.S. senator to vice president of the United States in about five years. And he did it not because he was connected, not because he was charming, not because, but he had just incredible ability. He was super smart and he worked his ass off. And became uh, one of the youngest vice presidents, if not the youngest vice president in American history. And then fast forward to Kamala Harris. Did she get to become the vice president because she was just so damn smart and worked hard? Miss Giggly? No. So she actually showed up yesterday. Uh, they let her go out because they know they have a real problem with her. So they're trying to kind of keep her, you know, lower, lower her profile. So they let her go on CNN last night at 11 o'clock. 11 p.m., hmm. uh, and a woman named Laura Coates interviewed her. Actually, Laura Coates is not – she's one of the better ones over there. She's one of the good ones, I should say. Cut 10, Kamala Harris on CNN last night. You hear candidates suggesting that a vote for President Biden, because of his age, is somehow a vote for you, and that is hurled as an insult. What is your reaction to this thought that with your background in particular – with your career, that there is some thought that you are incapable? Well, I I think that um, most women who have risen in their profession, who are leaders in their profession, have had similar experiences. Mm. Um, I was the first woman to be elected district attorney. I was the first woman to be elected attorney general in the state of California. Hey, stop for a second. We just have to point out here, right? Uh... You know how she got that job, the DA job, right? 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 Do we have to go over it? She was Willie Brown's mistress. Willie Brown was one of the most, is one of the most important, influential people in California politics and California history. He wasn't the governor. He was the mayor of San Francisco. He was also the speaker of the state house. Big, smart, charismatic guy who was married, but screwed around with Kamala. Look, it happens. I'm not saying he's the worst guy in the world, but the idea that she got any of these jobs based on merit, okay? Mm-mm. Keep going. And to be vice president. And I love my job. <laughs> hey, she sounds really broken up. Though. Actually, doesn't she sound weak? Something like almost girlish about her. All right, keep going. Oh, I think we... Oh, that's it? She sounded really kind of... Not shaky, but just kind of like, maybe like an old, like a grand, I don't know. There's something weird. Obviously, hey, there's something weird. <laughs> That's no uh, great insight. One other thing we got to do. Steve Bannon showed up on uh, the Sid and Friends show, and uh, I love Steve Bannon. Uh, his look needs work. His look needs work, as I guess he's got a big rivalry going with our friend, uh, Roger Stone, who's... Always immaculate. Steve Bannon, not immaculate, but always brilliant. Cut eight. My guess, because he could be my choice, too. I love the guy. You ready for this, Steve? Is, although I know Elise Stefanik is right there, I think Lee Zeldin gets it. 
I think Lee Zeldin would actually be competitive if he'd done one thing. We cannot forget, Sid, Lee Zeldin kept Trump out of that campaign. He would have been governor of New York if he had included if he, he didn't run MAGA. He never invited Trump in. I was making a big deal this time, embracing Trump and embracing MAGA. Right. Lee Zeldin kept it at arm's length. It, he listen, did. If he Lee did. Zeldin, and Lee Zeldin's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. He's a great guy. If he had embraced Trump from the beginning, Lee Zeldin would have been what he should be right now, which is the governor of New York. I wonder if that's true. I wonder if that's true. Is it? I don't know. I don't. I mean, upstate, could he have revitalized? Could possibly, possibly. I don't know. I don't know. I understand in a blue state, some people you think that Trump works against them. Lee Zeldin is a very talented guy. He came close, but yeah, he's not going to be vice president. No way. That can't happen. Although, uh, Donald Trump may give him consideration. I heard he's going to give a lot of people consideration as, uh, you know, kind of a, what do you call it? Um, you know, they will increase in status if he talks about it, even if he doesn't mean it. And uh, I appreciate that. Did you hear about the Kansas City Chief football fans found frozen to death outside of a house of their friend who said he had no knowledge that the bodies were outside? The weirdest story in the world when we come back. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The big variable in New Hampshire is the presence of independent voters and the presence of them in very big numbers. That's clearly what Haley's counting on if she's going to make any kind of a surprise and, and win this state tomorrow night because the polling generally looks something like this. This is the brand-new uh, NBC10 Suffolk poll from New Hampshire out this morning. Trump 57, Haley 38, this one taken without Ron DeSantis dropping out, so a 19-point lead there for the former president. And I think if you look inside this poll, it kind of tells the story of what Haley's up against and what she's going to have to show that she has yet to show. It's this. This poll overall has Trump ahead by 19 points. But look, among those who say they are Republicans, Trump leads by 54, 76 to 22. And among those who say they're independent, Haley's doing really, really well. Remember, in Iowa, she actually lost barely, but she did lose the independent vote to Trump. And she was strong with independence relative to everyone else, but she lost it in this poll in New Hampshire. And these numbers will bounce around poll to poll because the subsamples are pretty small. But this generally gives what you a hell? sense of the all right, all right, all right. Stop, stop, stop. I, I, I like it to a point, right? I like it to a point. And then they get totally with their subsets and this and that. And, oh, by the way, uh, these guys are wrong a lot of the time, right? <laughs> that brainiac you just heard on November 16th, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, November 8th of, uh, of 2016, he was sitting there telling us in the same kind of detail how Hillary Clinton was going to dominate, run the field, as they say. And uh, they were all wrong. Now, it does seem uh, apparent that Donald Trump is going to vanquish Nikki Haley tonight. I hope it's to the point that she can just go away and this will be a historic and early lockup of the nomination. And 
All those people will look so silly, right? Alvin Bragg, Jack Smith, Letitia James, Fanny Willis, E. Jean Carroll, and your co-conspirators. You thought this would kill him. It only made him stronger. You are messing with the wrong country, people, the United States of America. You are slaves to your party. You are slaves to your orthodoxy. We we're not slaves. We're free. And we believe in the Constitution. We believe in MAGA. It's okay to say MAGA, make America great again. I think that's a national rallying cry. David Mamet comes forward. Other liberals are going to start coming forward and saying, you know what? I'm on board. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be big. And Vivek said it. Vivek Ramaswamy said it. And so did Carrie Lake. She was the first one that he could actually have a Reagan-like majority at some point. We're talking, well, it's not going to be 49 states. But I always thought that the message that Donald Trump has at its core was so pro-American that the liberals would, would sign on. Would They would sign on. Uh, don't we believe that children should not be sexualized? Don't we believe in having a strong border? Don't we believe that there should not be foreign wars with American involvement that go on forever and that we wind up losing? Do we believe that people should pay back their debts, right? You incur debt, that's kind of on you, right? That the president does not have the power to forgive 75,000 loans for students who took that debt, right? This is common sense stuff, just like our friend Steve Garvey said. And one more time, Steve Garvey it's my new second favorite Republican out there. Or he's not really a Republican. Who cares? Republican. I'm, it, it, this is beyond. I don't even want to call it the Republican Party anymore. But he's running, and I think he's a great man. Listen to this. Cut 21. All of these career politicians are dumbfounded when he says something so basic, so obvious. Cut 21. Did you know there's not even a housing committee in the United States Congress? It's just a subcommittee of banking. And that tells you what you need to know about how Washington politicians me, 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 think me, me, me. about the problems. She's of a Washington politician. That it is a tool to keep Wall Street printing money. So I support fully funding Section 8 vouchers. Funding, 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 I funding. low-cost programs to prevent eviction. And I think the bottom line is we are, must build more affordable housing because for every person that we help off the streets today in California, we see another person experiencing homelessness. All right. That sounds great. That's the Washington answer. Steve Garvey comes back with the human answer when we come back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, we didn't get to that story about those three guys who froze to death in the backyard of some guy's house. They were watching a football game. This is totally bizarre. Post, three Kansas City Chiefs fans found frozen to death outside home a friend who had no knowledge that the bodies were outside. Uh, they had gathered to watch a game. The homeowner is insisting that he had no knowledge that their bodies had possibly been there for two days. 
the bodies of David Harrington, 37, Ricky Johnson, 38, and Clayton McGinney, 36, were found on the evening of January 9th after the fiancé of one of the men requested a welfare check, Kansas City Police told Fox Digital. One man's body was found on the back porch of the north uh, of some street, while the other two were discovered in the backyard. But the homeowner had no knowledge that his friends were freezing to death on his property after they had watched Kansas City take on the L.A. Chargers in the last game of the NFL regular season play on January 7th. First and foremost, this is 100% not being investigated as a homicide, the Kansas City police chief said. There have not been any arrests or charges, and no one is in custody. There are no specific threats or concerns for the surrounding community at this time. The resident of the house was cooperative with detectives the day the deceased were discovered. Kansas City police did not immediately respond to a request from the Post about why the men may have declined to seek shelter or if they were under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Temperatures on January 7th and 8th mostly stayed in the low 30s before plummeting into the teens on the afternoon of the 9th. Family and friends of the victims took a social media, took to social media to lambast the man who invited his friends to watch the game. This man was inside his home alive while my friends were dead in his yard for Lord knows how long, one person wrote. They were all hanging out since after the game on Sunday. He knew people were looking for them. He read messages of people searching for him on Tuesday. My husband banged on his door for 20 minutes. My friend banged on his door and then busted a window and yelled and announced her presence while she's inside and still nothing from him. Then the cops come 10 minutes later, and he comes out nonchalant in his boxers with an empty wine glass in hand. Nothing is adding up. Uh, Man, this is pretty weird. How could those guys have just frozen to death? And they're not saying that they were shot or in any way. Joe Perserno, an attorney representing the homeowner, said his client had no idea his friends were dead until police knocked on his door. Perserno said his client was sleeping with headphones on next to a loud fan when people came looking for his friends and didn't see a message from one of their wives until after police contacted him. Now, quite frankly, that I could totally see. People walk around with their headphones on all the time, also at home. I don't do that anymore. I did it once. And, yeah, my wife was yelling from the other room. I didn't hear it. She got mad at me that I had my headphones in. Um, the man also did not think it was unusual for his friends to have left their cars there overnight. Okay, because they were drunk, right? I've heard of people freezing to death after having a lot of drinks, but three people? I'm looking, these seems like regular guys here. Like the rest of us, the homeowner is anxiously awaiting the results of the autopsy and toxicology report. On behalf of the homeowner and his family, we wish to express our deepest sympathies, blah, blah, blah. Friends celebrated Harrington's life when watching the Chiefs defeat the Bills in the AFC division playoffs on Sunday. It was an amazing... Okay, so they're already... Hmm. How in the hell did that happen? What's going on there? Keep your eye on that. Three guys. Has that ever happened before? Does that make any sense whatsoever? you got to be careful, though, for you drinkers out there. And I used to drink. I don't drink anymore. And I I could see how that happened. You know, there's one person I know of who died this way. And somewhat prominent. George McGovern, we were talking about Richard Nixon earlier. 
Richard Nixon ran for president and uh, became president, of course. What am I saying? In 1972, though, he ran against a guy named George McGovern, and uh, Nixon won 49 states. McGovern only won one, Massachusetts. He was a wacko liberal, uh, but he was also kind of a hardcore guy and a patriot. He he uh, was a World War II bomber pilot and you know did a lot of interesting things and stayed in the Senate for a long time. I met him once, McGovern. I liked him. Anyway, his daughter had an alcohol problem and got all liquored up. I think, where was he from? Montana, North Dakota, someplace like that. And she got drunk and she sat down and she froze to death. So it does happen, but I don't understand three guys. Do you? All right, Jerry, hello. Hi, Greg. Uh, I wanted to change and go to uh, the trials that are taking place, the four trials against Trump. Now, three of them, we don't have to worry about any longer, really. The election's going to come before three of them because of what Fani did. And Bragg is he's sitting back and waiting for the federal Jack Smith. Any other case is going to be with, with the Republican Judge Cannon or Cannon. She, she's already indicated it's going to be after the election. Just can't fit all these trials in. So we got to worry about Jack Smith. And we got to worry about Jack Smith a lot because that judge. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Jack Smith, Eileen Cannon, by the way, just so you know, as you kind of host your own show here, Jerry, no, that's okay. But uh, Eileen Cannon, you know, that is a Jack Smith case. So you're talking about the Jacks, which Jack Smith case are you talking? And the Judge Chutkin case is also a Jack Smith case. So what case are you actually talking about? Chutkin case with Jack Smith. That's okay, the well, case the, Jan- the January 6th case, that looks like the can is getting kicked down the road over the immunity issue, right? Okay, right. But here's the problem. We saw what happened in Texas, the case of Texas with the uh, immigration we see that we don't have any vote, reliable vote with Roberts, and we see Comey Barrett went with him. And something happened in 2020 election, which we talked about, and we can see now that it's probably not Kavanaugh. We've got to worry more about Comey Barrett going with Roberts. What I'm talking about is if Trump gets a conviction, there are going to be at least four, including Roberts, that are going to remove Trump from that ballot on a conviction. Not this time around, not in the primary, not not. Colorado. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, there's no mechanism to remove somebody's name following a conviction just in the Constitution. Now, state law, I guess, from certain places might, uh, might, but, uh, I, I'm not as pessimistic as you are about this. I don't trust Roberts. I'm disappointed in Kavanaugh and Coney Barrett, but we're not there yet. And I don't think it's actually going to come to a head. This is what Democrats are telling me. Democrats in the White House, right? who, believe it or not, I know a couple, they are not at all banking on Trump getting convicted of anything before Election Day. Well, here's the problem with the Jack Smith case. Everybody keeps thinking about cases like O.J. Simpson, so complicated, and it went on for a year and a half because Judge Ito bent over backwards to allow no Rodney Forget King. Forget O.J. Simpson. What are you saying? Well, I'm saying that this is going to be a fast trial by Chudkin. She is not going to listen to nothing, and the appellate court is going to be favoring her because it's a liberal. Hey, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You know, she already wants this March 4th court date, all right? And uh, that's been that's been blown up, all right? The judge, you know, she can, she's not the only player here, all right? And I don't think, I don't think we have anything to worry about. I just, I don't. I mean, yes, we're going to have battles and we're going to have things that come our way. But you do know that the March 4th date that she was, that was ludicrously rushed to begin with, um, and, and what's his name? Jack Smith was already kind of, um, turned down by the Supreme Court, right? You know that, right? 
Correct. So yeah, right. So it's the- probably going to happen again. Look, I can't. We I can't get into his head. I know you're worried. What do you, What do you want to do about it? You make it sound like there's something that we can do right now to address this. I don't think there is. No, other than trying to get a national strike together, which we can't ever get together, to, and do things like the Democrats do, put our soldiers on the street. To, a national to- strike and soldiers on the street? All right, Jerry. I'll see you later. Come on. Uh, and let's just check in with Sandra. Hello. Oh, hi, Greg. How are you? Good. Um, I, I'm glad. I was happy to hear that you're swimming. And I think, you know, Liz knows that I swim too. I do 100 laps. And I have the counting down to a science where I don't really have to worry about the counting. So I use that time when I swim to think about, you know, things I said yesterday and things I may want to say today in my life. And it's such a good time, Greg, for you to think about, you know, what you do in your life, in your career. So swimming is helpful physically, but it's also good to use to think about your plans for the day, what you're going to say on your show. Sandra, do me a favor. Don't tell me what to think. I'm teasing you, but I mean, it sounds like my wife. You you can use that time to think about such and such. I am now married. I am so thoroughly married. And boy, oh boy, is your agenda laid out for you when you are a a husband. You know what I mean? Uh, She is very, she runs a tight ship in that household and I love her. But, uh, all right. Yeah. Swimming is great. And by the way, just real quick, a hundred laps. How many, uh, is that a mile? How, how far is that? It's about, it's a little, well, this pool is Olympic size. So I count one, 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 two, one, three. All right. How far is it? Uh, I don't even know. It's just Olympic size. I no, never, I'm, I don't you, know, but, you don't know? A hundred laps? Is that a mile? Is it a half mile? Is it two miles? How far is that? It, it's, it's probably about a mile. All maybe right. a little I, more I, than How that. long does it take you? It takes me an hour and ten minutes. Uh, okay. All right. Well, happy swimming. And uh, you wear a bathing cap? Why am I asking? Do you? I, I No, I do. And here's the problem. I wear two bathing caps. And the reason I right. swim maybe only three days a week versus five is because of my hair. It's long. It's hard to deal with that part i know and i've seen you in person it's beautiful hair and best to your husband the doctor uh hey be honest he's a plastic surgeon did he ever do any work on you uh maybe a little botox anything else and i have to i have no and i have to i have to beg him to do that i have to catch him in a good mood he was not the type you know like you know the shoemaker I don't know. He's very, he likes to leave me alone. He thinks I'm nice the way I am. And that's really how he feels. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, all right. Well done. I recommend, uh, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't like the, I don't like extensive work. Although there's one area where I do appreciate some work, some work. Um, but to each his own. Thank you, Sandra. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Something came up about the Marine Corps in the in the 1990s. All I wanted was a BMW 318 convertible. I didn't realize the numbers 318 was the low end. It was the one I could afford, and I saved, and I thought, and I thought I could get that car. And if I had that car, man, then I'd be really, really cool. Where would that car be now? I didn't get it. I stuck with my Honda Accord. But where the car, you put so much emphasis. I used to put a hell of a lot of emphasis on things, on toys. And 
uh, merchandise and stuff. I think the phone has something to do with it because there's so much stuff in the phone that we I have less interest in stuff. But go back and look at an old magazine and all the fashions that were so cool looking in 1975 or 1995, and now they look so stupid. And spending all this time and all this worry to get that crap, which is going to look stupid in no time. It's going to turn to rust. They tell you about this in the Bible. It's all going to turn to rust. It's all going to fight. It's all dust. Even us. I'm looking at a picture of Ali McGraw with Ryan O'Neill. Of course, Ryan O'Neill died recently. Ali McGraw, absolutely beautiful back then. Uh, she's beautiful in a different way now. But there were, um, you know, the flesh will ultimately let you down. It's just, um, you know, it's a tool. It should be considered a tool. And as I go on my little fitness regime, um, I have to keep it in mind. I have to make it. It's not the top priority. It's a thing to get other things done. Does that make sense? I want to go back to Steve Garvey as he talked beautifully about the homeless. Now, first, we're going to hear from a nasty career politician. Her name is Porter. She's a congresswoman. She's been in Congress for a long time, and she's yelling and screaming about how Congress doesn't do anything about homelessness. And I was really surprised that none of the politicians – did what Steve Garvey did when it came to the homeless. All right, we're going to st- we're going to start. You're going to hear this nasty woman first, and then you'll hear Steve Garvey. Obviously, if you don't know, Steve Garvey played for the uh, Dodgers a long time ago. He was a superstar, very good looking. He was kind of iconic, and he he they put him in movies and TV shows even while he was a baseball player, and uh, just an all around great guy, hugely popular. And a great ball player, right? All right, so now he's running for the Senate. He's 75 years old. He's running as a Republican. He's very gentle, but he's also, he's just, a, he seems like a really good guy. He's not as polished necessarily with the, you know, as a career politician is, and that's what they, that's how they fool people. All right, cut 21. Did you know there's not even a housing committee in the United States Congress? It's just a subcommittee of banking. And that tells you what you need to know about how Washington politicians think about the problems of housing and homelessness, that it is a tool to keep Wall Street printing money. So I support fully funding Section 8 vouchers. I support low-cost programs to prevent eviction. And I think the bottom line is we are, must build more affordable housing because for every person that we help off the streets today in California, we see another person experiencing homelessness. And it's not just people experiencing street homelessness. Homelessness, it's students living in cars, it's families overcrowded in apartments. The solution to homelessness is housing. Thank you. Mr. Garvey, same question to you. When was the last time any of you, any of you went to the, the inner city, actually walked up to the homeless, as I have over these last three weeks? I've gone to San Diego and Los Angeles and Sacramento. And actually, because this is part of, you know I'm not a politician. But I needed to talk to the people of the city. I needed to talk to the homeless, went up to them and touched them and listened to them. And you know what? They looked at me and they said, you're the first time anybody's come up and asked us about our life. The homeless man who spent five years on the street in Sacramento. They don't get it. When I go back to the Senate a year from now, when I'm your next elected U.S. Senator from California, the first thing I'll do is an audit. Where have the $30 billion the federal government has spent? Just look at the Alpha Project in San Diego. 
and the Dream Center right close here. These are examples of what can be done when you spend your money wisely. And by the way, these are career politicians that talk about Washington being dysfunctional. Thank you, Mr. Garvey. You're Washington. I know I'm the youngest person on this stage, but my career didn't just last five years. I was elected to Congress right, five stop. years ago. You know what I'm surprised by? They don't. <laughs> it was really funny. Like, none of them actually checked in with the homeless, right? It's a big, 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 big issue. Steve Garvey, new on the scene, you know, this is going to come up. So I'm going to go talk to some homeless people. Good for him. Be careful, Steve. Some of those people are crazy, all right? But, I mean, uh, good good on you for trying. And Adam Schiff and the others just looking at him, and they're dumbfounded. You did what? <laughs> you're not supposed to. You're going to ruin it for everybody, pal. Barbara, hello. Hi. Hi, Greg. That's a perfect example of what we need in politicians compared to what we've had for so long. And hearing you talk about the different politicians today, including the candidates for president, makes me think of what Jefferson had to say about what needs to be done now. Thomas Jefferson said, when once a republic is corrupted, there is no possibility of remedying any of the growing evils but by removing the corruption and restoring its lost principles, because every other correction is either useless or a new evil. And so a complete overhaul, no half measures, no let's go along to get along. It has The corruption has to be removed. And all the people that you're talking about, when we look at their experience, their history, what they've done, what they've never done, there is such an obvious answer that there's only one person capable of beginning to remove the corruption and replace our lost principles. Only one. I know it and you know it. And uh, he's on his way and he's he's thriving. Not only did he survive, he thrived. That's the last thing they were banking on when they came up with those phony charges. Boy, that Thomas Jefferson was great. Where did he say all that stuff? Where did he say it? In a book that I read. It didn't say where he said it, but I, I can send it to you. But Trump has gotten, if anything, to me, even stronger in his understanding of policy and how to implement policy. So if you're going to remove the corruption and replace our lost principles, you can't be beholden to all kinds of corporate and political interests. You have to be able to move on what you know are the principles of this country. And that's exactly what we're seeing. No compromise. These are the principles that made us a strong nation, and they must be reinstated. We love it, Barbara. Thank you very, very much. Hey, I'm getting, uh, they're giving me a hard time in the liberal blogosphere for defending Trump on this thing when he, when they allegedly he confused Pelosi and Nikki Haley. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they, did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything, deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it. Lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers, National Guard, whatever they want. They turned it down. All right, so the media freaks out. Donald Trump is losing it because he meant Nancy Pelosi. It was Nancy Pelosi he offered those 10,000 soldiers to. It was Nancy Pelosi who turned down the security. You get it, right? That point is driven home, that it was Nancy Pelosi. I think he said Nikki on purpose. 
to get them to say what we all know. I love it. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 